mortal, can these bones live? O Lord God, you know. Amen. In my uh, late teens, early twenties, I spent some time living in India intermittently and then for a longer period of time after college. And I wandered into the place that I lived, the school uh, chapel, the part of a boarding school where I worked. And uh, lying on the lectern was this reading that we heard today from the book of Ezekiel, this curious scene from the Valley of the Dry Bones. It was a time in my life, far from home, not feeling too well, where I felt a little dry, a little dried out, certainly not connected to that sense of uh, life-giving spirit and friendship and family that I had known. It's a time that I've thought about recently, particularly as we have found ourselves somewhat cut off from each other keeping our distance for the common good, yet that distance can be hard. The experience of the people of Israel that we learn from in this reading is of a people who feel cut off, who feel that hope has been lost. Years later, I discover in seminary that the experience that the people were referring to was of exile, of leaving the place that you have come to call home. It took some more delving deeper into that book of Ezekiel, that wonderful prophetic text from the Hebrew Bible to get a sense of where this curious scene of the Valley of the Dry Bones is placed within the story. And that can be the trick, can't it? How do we know where we are placed within this story? How can we know what will follow this particular moment in our life together. Well, it begins in many ways as our story has begun. In Ezekiel, a few chapters before, in chapter 10, the glory of God leaves the temple. It's a stupendous scene of wheels within wheels, the great glory that people came to associate with the temple in Jerusalem. is carried out and leaves the threshold and goes out into the land of exile, into Babylon, where the people of God are asked by their captors to sing a song of Zion and have wondered how it is possible to sing the Lord's song in a strange land. Yet here we are, worshipping together, singing in all sorts of corners of this city, and in fact, this state and perhaps across the nation and even the world, singing the Lord's song in our curious arrangement. Yet we sing at home to be at home with one another. And the message of Ezekiel is that the glory of the Lord is not contained within the building, even a building as sacred as the temple, even a church as beautiful and so much a place that we call home here at All Saints. It also teaches us where God's glory truly belongs. It belongs where it will be most seen, made manifest out in the world that God has made. So that's where the story begins for the people of exile 
And in this middle passage of time that we find ourselves, this time when we may find us feeling a little dried out, it's worth setting our hope on where the journey and the story might end. For the people in the story that Ezekiel tells us, there is a beautiful scene toward the end of the book in chapter 47 of a river of life now flowing out from the temple. And as that river flows, life flourishes all around it. It's an image of what had always been the case, that the life of a worshipping community is meant to flow out, to be a source of light and hope and thanksgiving for the gifts around us. That is the framework of our Lenten journey, that we set our sights on hope, even though we can find ourselves in the valley. Yet loss and grief and sorrow and struggle are personal. They're experiences that we have close up, much like Mary and Martha at the loss of Lazarus. It is perhaps one of the most famous stories in the New Testament, in another translation because it has the shortest verse, certainly about Jesus, that we can see in Scripture. That moment where Jesus wept. Where Jesus' emotion as one of us, the Word made flesh, a human being, is just that bit more close and approachable, a bit more like us in the struggle that we have. Loss is personal. And there will be people that we know, perhaps even now, who are coming face to face with their own losses, perhaps of loved ones. There will be those of us who are contemplating the loss of jobs and income, and certainly for all of us, the loss of some certainty. Yet take a moment to rest in this story of Jesus and notice that before he moves this wonderful sequence of events that leads to the raising of Lazarus, Jesus chooses first to stop. On hearing of this dear friend's suffering, Jesus stays where he is for two more days. A reminder for each of us that we are in a place in our lives where we are being asked to stop, to rest in place, to find shelter, to find our dwelling in a smaller space than we're used to. Things have quieted around the streets of this city, as indeed across the streets in this nation. So what do we notice when we stop? What more of that bursting forth of the river of life, the trees, the beautiful plants of springtime, the birds in the air, the people in our lives most proximate to us. The season in the valley is no doubt a season of our anxiety, but perhaps there is a gift in stopping, staying in place, with our Saviour alongside us, who does promise that there is new life risen in him on the horizon.
May that be our promise today, to take into our hearts, to show forth in our lives through Jesus Christ our Lord. God bless you. Keep the faith.